2: listening to Militantly Mixed.
0: I would like to acknowledge that the Maine Hustle Media podcasts
1: are recorded on the traditional lands of the Karankawa, the Chumash, and the Tongva people, and I wish to pay my respects to the people of those nations, both past and present. Hey y'all, welcome to Militantly Mixed, the podcast about race and identity from the mixed race perspective. I am your host, Charmaine Fury, the busiest mixed-race, bi-gender, bisexual, polyamorous, atheist, comic book nerd, cat mom, and two-time Asian American Podcasters Association's Golden Crane Award-winning podcaster in this podcasting game. This is episode 155, and I don't have a lot to talk about ahead of today's episode because I really just want to get into it. My guest today is Abdu, who is actually someone that I know in meat space, which doesn't happen very often. And so it was a lot of fun to talk to just someone that I know for the show. Uh, Abdu is my part-timer <laughs> at Gulf Coast Cosmos. He is a film student and a photography student. He is a manga nerd. Uh, he's of Jamaican and Moroccan ethnicity. And he's just a fucking delight. Like, literally, I have no other way of describing him besides being a fucking delight. When I met him a couple months ago, he just came into the shop as a customer and we chopped it up for like an hour and a half and then byron came in and he liked him instantly as well so we ended up interviewing him for a part-time position when we hadn't even started to advertise yet because we knew we were going to be hiring a part-timer for the holidays and yeah we liked him so much he got the job so he's been with us for a couple months now and like i said he's he's just a fucking delight and i i think you're gonna pick up on that when you hear his episode so i really want to just get over into that I do want to warn that it is kind of a heavy edit for me. So there's a few times when it may seem like it jumps pretty quickly in topic. Um, that's because we ended up veering off into shop talk a few times. Uh, naturally, we work together. It's going to happen. And um, and so I cut a lot of that out because it was like having a staff meeting on Millardsly Mixed. Uh, so there are a couple places that there are slight jumps in topic. Maybe not terribly, but uh, it might be noticeable. The other thing is that I kind of learned something about myself in this conversation that I, I never realized before. And that is that, well, in Abdu's case, he is of Jamaican and Moroccan heritage, like I said. Uh, he presents as a black man. Most people would assume him to be, quote-unquote, just a black man. Um, but, you know, he speaks Arabic. He's very much immersed in both of his cultures, uh, in addition to american American culture as well, because he's here. And he was born here. There's a point at which in the episode that he he asks his mom about his uh, skin color and why he's not as dark as his father. And his mother gives him a, an explanation. And I didn't pick up on at the time that he didn't view himself as dark-skinned, but that I did view him as dark-skinned. Later in the conversation, I do I do say something about him being a dark-skinned person, which he also kind of missed. We, we talked about it later on. What I realized is that he doesn't view himself as a dark-skinned person because he views himself in relation to his father's skin tone. I view him as a dark-skinned person because I'm viewing him in relation to my father's skin tone. And I realize that my categories of of skin tone start with the basis of my father's, what I describe as a medium skin tone. He wasn't light-skinned, but he's not dark-skinned, and he's not even necessarily described as brown skin. Um, for me he's the he's very similar in coloring to Samuel L. Jackson, who I pretend is my real dad anyway. <laughs> but I didn't catch this, I didn't know this about myself until listening back in the edit, and I realized I missed how Abdu described himself in terms of his skin color versus how I described him. So I mentioned it to him in a shop earlier today and he 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 totally missed that I did that too. But it was just one of those things, this weird kind of awareness that I ended up developing just in hearing back the episode. So it was really interesting. And I wonder I wonder what your guys' thoughts are about it, too, because I didn't realize I did it until after I listened back. So maybe it's nothing, but it felt like something when I listened back. Um, but yeah, I don't really have that much to say, uh, much more to add to the intro besides let's just get into it because I like Abdu so much and I think you'll enjoy his story. But that was just something I noted about myself that, you know, it's got me thinking a little bit about how I view the skin tone of people and how in relation to how they view their own skin tone. You just got to learn new things all the time. Uh, before I get into the episode, though, I just do want to remind you all that Militantly Mixed is a fan-sponsored podcast, and it is with your support that we are able to keep this show active. You can spo- support the show by going to patreon.com slash and sponsor as low as a dollar a month to as high as anything you wish. And there are different rewards depending on what level you choose. If you choose the $5 a month level, you will gain access to the video versions of the episodes uh, that you're listening to right now. In addition to that, uh, I was able to create a cash app after all. So for the folks that don't like PayPal, um, well, if you do like PayPal, you can go to paypal.me slash militantly mix and drop some coins in a tip jar that way. Or you can go to cash app and we just have a dollar sign military mix uh, if you want to drop some coins in the tip jar that way. Um, I didn't think you could make three cash apps because you weren't supposed to like Venmo kick, like closed my accounts because I had multiple accounts for the podcast and for um, my personal Cash App didn't seem to do that. They accepted it. So I have a podcast uh, Cash App for Militantly Mix. I have one for bird Comics. And then I have a personal Cash App as well. Uh, so yeah, I learned something new last week as well. Those are the three ways to sponsor the show financially. Uh, if you would like to support the show in a non-financial way, the way you can do that is by subscribing to the podcast on whatever podcatcher you're listening to versus just going in and, and searching for Militantly Mix every time. The more subscribers we have, the more those podcatchers will promote your show internally. So that is a great way to support the show is to just click the subscribe button. Uh, you can also rate and review the show, which helps also in terms of encouraging the podcatcher to share your show or recommend your show to like podcasts or To people who, if they like, if they subscribe to another podcast that's similar, then they'll say, if you like this, you may like Military Mix," And that is mostly based off of rating and reviewing and subscriptions. That is a free way that you can support the show in a big way. Also, sharing an episode with a very specific person by saying, here's an episode of Military Mix that I think you would like, and here's the reason why. Most people will at least try out an episode if someone says, here's why I think you would like this show. Um, most of the time, if you just share a link, a podcast link, people won't listen to it or click on it. But if you specifically say, this is the reason why I think you would like this show, they'll probably at least listen to the first part of it. And if they get hooked, they'll stick around. So that is just something that I'm asking for this year in, in terms of trying to be more intentional about growing the audience. I'm doing the hashtags and the promotions in a lot of different ways, but really word of mouth is the way that the show grows the most. So if there is any way that you can support us by sharing very specific episodes with very specific people, that will help grow the show. Um, outside of that, I want to take a few minutes to beg <laughs> for something that I want so bad, but hasn't happened yet. Uh, I recently signed up for Pod Inbox, Mix which will allow you to go to the website and record a voicemail for the show. This is something that I can listen to directly, or I can add it to the show. And I have always wanted Militantly Mixed to have a call-in element. I used to have a paid phone number for the show, but that only got calls like once every six months. And I used to also tell people, just send me a voicemail via email. But that gets tough because the files get too big and people can't really send them to me. So this is a service that you don't have to do anything but go to the website and press record and it'll send the voicemail to me. We have four different categories to choose from. One is just general. So if you just have a random message you want to send to Military Mix or let's say there was an episode that really meant something to you, you can say, hey, I really appreciated episode 153 and here's why or shout out to the guests that maybe their story touched you in some way, shape, or form. This way they get to hear from people how much you enjoy their episode, but also it just it's one level of connection between the audience and the show. So I would love it if people started leaving voicemails. The other categories are ask Charmaine anything, what do you love m- most about being mixed, and ask for advice, which ask for advice is just a way for you to share something that you might be dealing with within your mixedness and you'd like to know how other people think or feel about it or what they would do in different scenarios. Um, but mostly, the goal for that is to get more listener interaction with the show and with listeners as well, so that we can solve some of our issues in community versus being out there in isolation, not feeling like we know anybody else that are dealing with what we're dealing with. I guarantee you there's someone else on the sh- that's listening to the show that has a similar experience to you, but the hard way the hard part about. Um, being mixed in isolation is that you don't know because you can't find them. Militantly makes a way that we can build that community to find people that are similar to us so so that we feel a little bit more valid in our identities. Invalidation um, within our identities as mixed people is very common across any kind of mix. And this is one way in which I hope we can reduce that feeling for folks. So please, 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 if you're listening to this, And you ever thought there was something you wanted to send into the show or let me know or you, you have an email typed, but you never sent it or you slid into the DMs or you didn't slide into the DMs, wanted to. The new best way of connecting with the show is to go to podinbox.com slash militantly mixed and leave me a voicemail. It will make me super happy. It will make me super happy. I want this so bad. I guess without further ado, I ended up going longer than I expected, but. Without further ado, please join me in welcoming our latest cousin and a fucking delight, Abu.
0: And today I am joined by someone that I absolutely adore and is currently employed by Gulf Coast Cosmos Comic Book Co.
2: Yeah.
0: Abdul. What's up? What's up? up? And at the time we hired you, it just kind of came out in the course of our impromptu interview that you (laughs) were mixed too. So why don't you introduce yourself to the audience and let's get into it.
2: All right. So I am... uh... Abdurrahman Daikwa, or well, actually Abdurrahman Ibn Usman Daikwa is my full name, so I go nice. by Abdu usually, um, but uh, I'm I'm a comic book, manga nerd, movie nerd, photo nerd, art nerd, all that kind of stuff. Um,
0: Just
1: a big uh, old no, nerd.
2: Big old nerd, and you know <laughs> what I'm saying? I'm proud of it. I'm proud mm-hmm. of it. No awards or nothing like that yet, but I'm gonna try to catch up to you.
0: But bro. you have been featured on something recently.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I submitted one of my photos to uh, ID Magazine, and they they posted it for their uh December, uh what your December looked like uh issue. That Which was just dope. Cool. You that need to cool. shut
0: yourself out more. <laughs> Give myself
2: some more credit. Yes. Um. So my mother is Moroccan and my dad is Jamaican. So those are my two mixes.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. And you speak Arabi?
2: Yeah, depends on what your dialect is.
0: <laughs> yes, and because I, what Arabi, I know, I say it to you, and you're like, I don't know what that means. And then no. I tell you what it is, and you're like, oh, it sounds like this. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's, but that's how it is with all the, oh, man, it's it's bad, man. I get so embarrassed when I'm talking to, like, Egyptians. They're just, I'm just like, I have no yeah. idea what you're talking about.
0: I love that there's so many ways in which I mean it happens in English too, where you can speak yeah. to someone and just a hundred percent not know what they're saying, even though you're speaking technically the same language.
2: Right. Yeah, that's how I feel with uh Jamaicans actually. <laughs> Jamaicans, I have no clue what they're saying. Dude. God, <laughs> Do, like, I look so thick.
0: Is your dad uh Jamaican born or American born?
2: He's Jamaican-born, but he's lived here for so long, he doesn't have an accent anymore. Oh, his
0: accent's gone. Okay. Yeah.
2: So he'll, certain words, though, he'll say really weird. Like, if, instead of O, oh, he'll say ho. Mm. So it's like, she hoes me money. I'm like, what are you? So, like, because Jamaicans <laughs> will say like say like that. Um, yeah. But and it, everything else is very, very uh, not Jamaican at all. Because mm. he's been here for so long.
0: So, um, so the way that Abdu and I met is he just came into the shop to be a nerd at the comic book shop, and in less than twenty minutes, I like was like, "Hey, I'm gonna be hiring soon um yeah. and then Byron walked in and I was like, "Can I keep him?" and then we ended up actually having an interview the very same moment basically that I met you Heck um, yeah, dude. Heck. and even though it's been a you know the holidays we had a we had to break and all that other yeah. kind of stuff. We haven't really gotten into the flow too much, but you are a member of the team. No, the I three feel of it us. Feels like a
2: family, dude. It feels like a family. Like yeah. I love just popping up and hanging out and chatting with you guys. It's crazy. I can, I like. I don't even think I'll even in the future. I'll probably have like a better job than what I got right now. I don't <laughs>
0: uh i'm just glad you're you you came in because there yeah. was a couple people i was going to interview for it but i fell in love with you the minute i met you so <laughs> so that's why i'm excited oh, too that i got i have an excuse to put you on any of my shows because, because it's,
3: it mixed. it's a crazy yeah exactly so crazy, crazy i mean everybody
0: who knows me through the show knows that mixedness is obviously a very important thing i've been doing yeah. this podcast for almost four years now and um and so it ends up coming up a lot. I don't right. know when and how it came up in our conversation, but I was, you said something about being Moroccan and I was like, I was yeah. like, oh, I'm, I'm mixed too, you know, cause yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. And and then we get into it. So I'm glad to have you here. Um, we've had a few conversations about it, but not too much. And it's, it's just a lot different because usually I'm getting to know the person while I'm interviewing them. In your right. case, I know you a little bit. So
2: we, we already, we already. Close.
0: We already like this, son. So, (laughs) so um, gosh, I don't even know where to where to start. Uh, When you grew up, so you were born here and everything.
2: I wasn't born in Houston, but I was born in America. Yeah, Yeah.
0: Texas. But you're a Texan. Yeah, you're basically a Texan, and you uh, you're here in Houston right now because you're going to school. You're doing your photography and everything like that. I guess let's just get into kind of how it was when you were when you were little. Like, what did you understand about yourself? With your two different colored parents, yeah, <laughs> and who you were did you did you identify as mixed when you were growing up?
2: Uh, I mean, even like now, it's it's kind of hard to think about thinking myself as mixed. I'm either like, well, all the time I'm just me, right? Mm-hmm. But then like in certain like areas and groups, i like you know what I mean. Like you're either one or the other. Mm-hmm. So it's like like I'm like almost reminded like oh yeah like uh these people see me as like a like a black person like mm-hmm. i remember one time <laughs> i said the n word in front of somebody i forgot and they were like hey oh wait no yeah you're black yeah yeah, yeah i forgot so
0: they they identified you more with your moroccan side right but... right, right.
2: Like, hey, hey, hey. And I was like, that's oh, funny but no when i was younger i um like as a kid i obviously like was aware that like my mom is like you know, very light skinned, and my dad is, like, super dark skinned, so I asked my mom, I remember she told me this, which is hilarious, I was like, I was like, mom, like, why aren't I darker, like, I want to, I want to be black like my dad, like, why, why am I, like, why am I this skin, skin tone, and she, she didn't say any words, she got, like, a, a glass, right, and she put, uh, milk in it, and then she got, uh, she was like, look, this is me, she put the milk in it, and then she got, like, the, you know, the chocolate powder or whatever, she's like, this is your dad, and if she mixes she's like this is you. <laughs> so I think after that I was like, oh okay. So I I've, I've
0: seen a picture of your mom though. She not she not she doesn't identify like white or anything, right? No, like, nah, nah,
2: not
3: even. Like,
0: nah. I mean, I know Moroccans they have all different shades and right, skin tones right. and everything like that because you're a mix even in Morocco of right, right, Af- right. African and colonizers and all that right, kind of, exactly, of stuff exactly, or whatever exactly. even the language I, we talked about an incident in which you, yeah. you the whole time you thought you were speaking Arabic but yeah. you were saying something in Spanish yeah, um, different. <laughs> but like how how does she walk around does she walk around as a Moroccan or an Arabic oh, identified person
2: 100% very very uh, unapolog- unapologetically Arab Muslim and just herself um, she walks around she has her hijab on all the time um yeah she's she's proud of her Moroccanness. um yeah I mean she carries herself in, in that way and she, she also has like an accent you know what I mean so it's kind of hard to <laughs> to hide so, yeah. especially with the hijab and everything like that but no yeah she's yeah she's dope
0: and you in the time that I've known you you're you may not be identified often as a mixed person but I I see you I see you flip between like yeah. your your Moroccanness and your blackness yeah. or your americanness however you want to <laughs> break it down right. um throughout the time like you code switch the same way any of us others do too but you and i have a different experience because i maneuver as such an ambiguously presented person that someone assumes there's something different going on with me Uh whereas you are perceived mostly as black until you start talking um (laughs) and even and even with the arabic you speak i wonder if sometimes people just think you're like a black muslim and so they're not even identifying you with um
2: with arabic that has happened before. I think uh, somebody was like, like they were they were trying to be like considered. They were like, yeah, black people speak Arabic too. Like that's totally normal. Like you know what I mean? It's, it's we need to be more accepting of <laughs> black people speaking and learning Arabic. I was like, no, no, no. no. Like, <laughs> like <I> me, <mean. laughs> yeah. like I am black, but like I'm Moroccan, so it's like that's how I know Arabic.
0: Yeah. But
2: they're like, oh, but that was nice of them. You know, they're trying to be <laughs> trying to be more open.
0: Well, you and I are from different generations. So the way you and I handle it is probably a lot different. But a lot of times in my case, when someone's wokeness actually is invalidating, I need to take, I need to check that.
2: No, uh, I, well, I, yeah, I didn't take offense to it. I, yeah,
0: I, you're, But you're also very sweet. So,
2: oh no, sorry. That too. You're gonna but
0: you grew up going back and forth, right? Like you, yeah, you grew up going back and forth. So. Yeah, I
2: did. Um, A, a lot of times, my parents are also uh, divorced too. So that also adds another mm. layer to like to everything um so going back and forth with my mom and dad like it made my my mom she's like i'm surprised you know any arabic at all honestly because she was like i didn't i didn't really speak that much arabic around you i guess you're just really good at just picking stuff up and then like Mm -hmm. going with it building on it and we we traveled to morocco pretty often and uh and i would constantly ask questions what does this mean what does that mean what does this mean um but what, what's really interesting to me is that I never, like, in either circles, uh, I never really feel like I'm less of, like, Arab or Black. There was one instance, actually, where someone was like, no, like, in Arab culture, you are, like, you are the race of your father or whatever like that. Right. That was this, well, last last semester somebody Mm. told me that that was the first time I ever heard like really yeah I was like that's I was like no I don't care what you (laughs) said
0: well I'm glad that you said that um so like they're they're generationally at least especially here in the states there's different times in which you were identified at your racial category no matter what you look like was identified by who your father was and there's a lot of cultures in the world that do that too so in your case Jamaicans from what I understand from people that have been on the show, Jamaicans are identified by who their mother is but Nigerians are identified by who their father is and so your father is Jamaican but of Nigerian descent descent Arabic. and so you are literally fighting <laughs> your identity based off of which parent is the and yeah, that right? culture is dominant yeah. and then um in in Arabic cultures, various arabic cultures because i guess i I can't speak for all of them but of the few that i know you are identified by who your father is on paper like in terms of my birth certificate i am black and japanese because Uh um of the two browns basically but because my dad's name is listed first on paper i'm black before i'm anything else but also culturally i'm black before anything else because that's how i was raised um so in your case i imagine depending on where you live in the world you might be viewed more
2: yeah with your yeah.
0: dad's identity than your mom's
2: which is strange because whenever i'm in morocco it's that's never really the case like like i never feel in the best way possible i never feel black in morocco right like you, even
0: you're you're moroccan i'm moroccan morocco.
2: like people yeah. will even say like racist things in front of me and i'm like I'm black (laughs) and they're like, Oh "Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's true. Like my, um, like an uncle of mine that was married to an aunt, like what is it? Uncle-in-law? No, I don't know. Cause it's my mom's sister's husband, right? Oh, I see what you're saying. So not
0: directly your uncle, but an uncle positioned
2: relative. I got you. He was, uh, cause I think my cousin was dating a black guy at the time and I was like, why doesn't your dad know? Because the uh, her her mom, my aunt, she knew she's cool with it. She was like, no, like he just he just wouldn't trust him. Blah, blah blah blah, and and I just couldn't I couldn't wrap my mind around the fact. I was like, there's no way that he doesn't like black people, like like you know what I mean? Like he's mm-hmm. so loving to me and all this kind of stuff. So I asked him. I said, hey, what would you do if one of your daughters like got with like a black guy? And he was like, oh no no no, like they're you know they're like they're, they're so abusive and like just all these stereotypes. Yeah yeah yeah, just in front of me, and I was like. I was like, "What about my father?" You know, he's like, "Oh, you know." And then she was like, "Realizing, but, like, yeah, hey, you're black." You know, and like my dad, like my dad, like everyone in Morocco, like respects my dad because mm-hmm. he, he, there's only one mosque in Khalid and he built it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he's like, he's like always showing love and like, you know what I mean? Like all these stereotypes just out the window. You know what I mean? So
0: mm-hmm.
2: he was just like, "Oh no, 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 not you. Obviously, like not your father." But and, like,
0: did that feel like? one of the good ones. Oh uh, kind of like thing? that. I don't uh, you know,
2: like I don't that think. your
0: uncle was saying you're not like Oh that. yeah
2: yeah yeah, definitely definitely definitely. Mm. Because I feel like uh when ignorant people asso- like associate themselves with the people that they're like in there, like, like oppressing or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be. Then they you know tend to realize oh, you know, these people aren't so bad like homophobic people tend to not actually have a conversation with, you know, gay people or whatever the case may be. But when they do, they're like, oh, people are human. That's weird. So, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that one's a tough one. That used to happen to me on my British side. One of my uncle's um who I was very close to as a child, he's my, actually my Nana's brother. So he's like a great uncle.
3: Oh, wow. Right.
0: But he, but he and I were close when I was growing up because he'd come for a visit and I used to write him letters and stuff. And then I went to go visit him as an adult, which was a whole different experience because in the span of the first two hours I was there, he told about six different racist stories. Uh, he targeted the the Jews, the black people, the Asian people and the Arabs all in one um basic conversation. And there was times when I was like having to go like, you you do understand that I'm from the black side of the family. Like, like you know this. Yeah. You've come to visit, you love my dad, and all the kind of stuff. And it's the same kind of thing. And so like after that experience, I couldn't even write letters anymore because I couldn't get out of my head the racism, you yeah, know,
3: dude.
0: And how resistant he was to it. Cause basically like it was even down to the case of like having he used to have a supervisor that was black. And if that supervisor ever told him what to do, he would cuss out the supervisor for being like, I'm a white man. Really? Yeah. So he's telling me this story as if it's a heroic story. (laughs) And I'm like, Uncle, you know that I'm black, right? Oh, my God and and so i think after that 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 for me that experience of like oh no your family is one of the good ones except for your grandfather which is the reason why you're black like that whole thing makes right. me feel like i i really struggled like i couldn't really keep up the the relationship after that um yeah. he since passed away too and, oh, and but before yeah. that there was sort of this like angry letter back and forth situation of like how could you just after all these years not talk to me and i was like how could you not identify your racism and and in fact, just tell me I, you're not racist when you literally told me all kinds of racist things when right, yeah, I visited yeah. you. You know, so I I couldn't I severed that relationship because I couldn't I couldn't fake it after you know right. like I, I I at that point basically I had no more interest in him as a person. Yeah, no, <laughs> um, you said, um, because he was already resistant to even believing he was racist by saying that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I think that that that's tough when it's happening in your own family because like yeah, these are people that you love. But you, when you learn, like, oh, if I wasn't related to them, they actually wouldn't like me for something completely having no, yeah, no yeah, I'm yeah. outside of the choice of this, right? right? Like, I, I was, I was made this way. Um, that, that part is a bit tough. Um, yeah. So, oh, yeah, I, I'm sorry that that's that that happened.
2: It's all good. Uh, I think they divorced actually, so it works great.
0: Yeah, so ex ex uncle, I guess. Ex uncle, ex uncle, that's fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, that that kind of stuff is tough. And with as families intermarry too, or like you know races intermarried and stuff like that, it gets a lot complicated. Because you could you could always be adding someone into the mix that yeah <laughs> that yeah, isn't true. isn't for you.
3: That's uh, true.
0: So that's rough. But, in terms of just like your day to day identity, I know that you do kind of default with more like I'm Abdu, not necessarily yeah. my my categories or whatever, but are there things that make you feel very like black Moroccan or you know oh, like oh. that you can hybrid things up together to feel like a complete this is all my cultures coming together in one thing is there like a food mm. or an activity
2: no it's either it's either one or the other. Usually, if I'm, 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 like, aware of it, it's, like, usually, usually I carry myself, like, mainly, uh, like, as a black man, you know, through life, Mm -hmm. and then, like, but then, like, there's, like, that, I don't know, it's, like, uh, I don't know how to explain this, that Arab, just, you know, I don't know, yeah, 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 (laughs) yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) film soon um, um,
0: weird
2: words uh,
3: no
0: that makes sense to me i mean i think i think a, a a lot of people like in my case because i'm not perceived necessarily as black by non-black people you know if they're if they're not looking at me or something like that that yeah. um that's why it comes out so often of like before you get into any nonsense in front of me black japanese that being said like i i grew up predominantly in black communities around black people. um, And I feel more comfortable in those spaces than, than outside of it. But looking the way that I look, I would, you know, on the surface think that maybe I, I would fit more into an Asian space, but I never feel less Japanese than when I'm around Japanese people.
2: Yeah, that's crazy, dude. What? that sucks man that really does suck yeah it's a different like you and i have a totally different experience which
0: i think is is fascinating like this just goes to show people who listen to the show like how much you cannot pin down what mixed experience is because depending on how we appear we could be totally different i'm typically really accepted in blackness on occasion not but not enough to where i where i would say for me i'm not black enough for black people i'm not you know Like, oh, I'm not Asian enough for Asian people, which is usually like the biracial kids plight of not being enough of one or the other. Mm. Um, I don't experience that because I tend to be really accepted, even though I'm ambiguous presenting,
3: except
0: when I'm in an Asian space, in which case, like, actually, well, I'll even correct that. In a Japanese space, I'm not Japanese enough. In an Asian space, I'm getting there. I'm finally getting to be Asian enough in Asian spaces because I do a lot of um, Black-Asian solidarity work. And in those cases, they're set up for the crossover of like Black and Asian people actually need to unite against you know white supremacy against all these things or whatever so in in spaces where now somebody has an asian identity which is very specific to america i think um because we're not asian back in asia we're asian when we leave asia
3: right
0: um so if i go to an american asian american space i'm asian enough If i go to a japanese space I'm not Japanese enough. Uh, so that's, that's yeah. the difference I think between what you experience and what, and what I experience. even though skin tone wise and things like that, I right. might look a little bit more like them. Yeah. Although in no. the face, I don't.
2: I, I hear that a lot with uh, a lot of friends that I have who are mixed with Asian. Like, um, I have some friends that are in like, uh, either Asian fraternities and they're mm-hmm. like, they're, you know, mixed black and Asian. And, um, they tell me how they struggle uh, sometimes with that because they are, you know, either saying racist things or just not accepting of that person, or like uh, even I think it was a friend of mine that was that's uh, Asian and white who was in a uh, in an organization or a club or something like that that was like uh, predominantly like Asian orientated type deal. They uh, I forgot how it went, but they were like, we're not, we are not uh, accepting of like white people in our spaces or something like that. But it's like, hey.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's a big thing in, in a lot of Asian cultures where they're not really accepting of their mixed people, but Probably. then they also have a hierarchy. It's a lot easier to be Waysian than Blasian. Oh, um, I,
2: I bet, dude. Yeah.
0: You sure. know, so things like things like that definitely come come to play. But now that I'm engaging in more Asian American spaces, I think the invalidation that a lot of Asians feel as Americans are actually make creating solidarity amongst us
3: That's good. versus
0: if I like legit try to walk into like a Japanese space and be like what's that you are <laughs> you know like yeah and, then, yeah and then they're like yeah that's how'd you learn that, <laughs> <laughs> <How> you <learned laughs> that? who taught you that like, um yeah but but yeah so let's talk about how you nerd because okay. you're really into manga
2: yeah yeah heavy. and stuff
0: like that does does your nerdiness at all come in, do you feel like your cultural or your heritage stuff coming into play at all in your nerdy, nerdiness
2: uh you know what a lot of so, <laughs> oh man, all these like memories are coming in. So, um, there's there are nerds everywhere, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and just like in every space, like I remember when I whenever I'd go to Morocco, there's this place called a cyber bar. We call it a C bar, and uh, mm-hmm. like down down the street, and I'd give them like a dollar, and I'd stay there like for five hours, and I would just like watch um, like One Piece or whatever the like whatever show, and like people will come in because like one piece is huge for some reason uh in like morocco like just everywhere in that in oh
0: America. really
2: it's huge huge people love one piece
0: do and you like, listen to it in in japanese with arabic subtitles or arabic no, 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 with... no,
2: no, no. I, I can't read arabic that fast i can read arabic but like i'd have to man arabic's hard dude
0: right. <laughs> same my japanese is it's, <laughs>
2: yeah it's yeah so no i i watch it regular you know on my anime sites or whatever um, but, like, then there's, like, oh, you're watching One Piece? Like, yo, like, let's chat about it. And, like, I'll be in this, like, conversation with this guy about, like, Naruto and, like, da-da-da-da-da. And then, like, uh, now, uh, now like, in America, a lot of – it's becoming a lot more accepting for, like, black people to be, like, huge nerds. Mm-hmm. Like, um I told you about RDC, the DreamCon stuff that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really, that's really cool. Cause I'll go to that. And like, it's just, well, obviously there's all, more than just black people there, but you know what I mean? Like right, right. black people. It's,
0: it's and, not as often like looking at a black nerd, like yeah. what are you doing here? Like, right. Right. And I remember,
2: I remember like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, back in like middle school or something, like instead of like doing a gym or whatever, I would be like watching anime and the kids would be like, Oh, what what is he doing? You know what I mean? Like, why are you watching that? Oh, blah, blah, blah. but then, you know, now it's like, it's cool so it's all good and so like more people are are willing to come out and uh be like yeah i am a nerd and, mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm i'm okay with that and so it's like all these black people and it's super dope so yeah i feel like in every like in every race and every you know part of the world is going to be a nerd you know what I mean. so yeah, yeah I, I, it, it's cool to navigate through
0: it's definitely a different time from when i was growing up because like being a nerd was not okay. Being into comics was not okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. M- meanwhile, come to find out as an adults, we were all reading comics. We were just keeping a secret from everybody <laughs> because we were trying to be hard and shit like
3: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
0: well, one place I could get a pass was in anime and manga because I was a mixed Japanese person. Oh, so, so they would be like, that's not nerdy. She's just being Japanese right now. Yeah. But if if they knew that I was like collecting X Men comics or something like that, or Batman or whatever, it'd be like what's going on. So my other show, Blurred Comics, with my with my my podcast partner on that, we were friends since we were eight, but we didn't know that the other one was reading comics. We kept it a secret from each other, right? So like we're learning that, you know, well we know it now, but we've been learning that about each other for the last ten years or so. So like I'm excited now that you can exist. That you, by the time you walked into Gulf Coast Cosmos, you were already a nerd, and I didn't, you know, like I wasn't yeah. influencing your nerddom in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. You just rolled up a nerdy. But another great thing about you is because you're up to the more modern manga and anime that's happening, yeah. and I only know the shit from when I was growing up. I don't have to work that hard right now, right? Because right. I could be like. Abdu got you. Yeah,
2: got you. <laughs> yeah and it's even my it. friends, dude, they'll be like, yo, tell them about this one. This one's coming out, this, this, and that. Like, I'm actually reading uh, – I got my books back here. I'm reading this one. <laughs> or I'm going to start reading this one. It's called Goodnight, Uh. Pum-pum. Okay. Know, like, my friend put me on, and he was like, yo, you guys need to have this in the shop. So I was like, let me, let me give this a read and see. Nice. But yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah.
0: No, yeah, you're expanding my horizons, too, because I I wasn't – I. I like I was pulling together things based off of what people were talking about in the shop, you know, because that is actually something that's been happening is since we opened the doors, there's been a lot more black nerds that are into anime and manga that are like, do You got this, do you got this, do you got this. And I'm like, It's going on the list. Yeah. You know? And and we're starting to build that that section up a little bit more. But I'm really glad that you're there because <laughs> the research I don't have to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <Makes> <laughs> both looks.
3: sides, really. Yeah.
0: yeah. No, it's it's it's. I don't know. I enjoy you. Oh, I, I have I have enjoyed you the whole time. But um, I but I'm too. also I'm not gonna lie. I also really love that you're mixed too. Just <laughs> because, like, I get it. I know that you're seen as a black boy and all that kind of stuff. Like, I get it. I understand. Yeah. That being said, the amount of times you interchange between your English and your Arabic like makes me feel a kind of way I appreciate it I do it too with my Japanese so like to know that I'm not alone in it or that I'm not always the mixed one you know like yeah, yeah, I mean literally right. I am I'm I'm branded like I'm out in this world on these mixedness streets and shit like that so like people know me as as mixed auntie main like I get it I understand I branded it I understand
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: but I just enjoy that you're present and that maybe there's not a whole lot of learning that people need to do by here like oh that's just charmaine being mixed right now talking about mixed shit because i actually got someone else that like understands what it's like to code switch between cultures exactly
2: yeah you got somebody on your team and on (laughs) top of that i'm muslim too which i feel like because a a big thing of that you uh talk about is how we want to reflect the community Mm -hmm. i think houston has like the did i tell you about how like it was a huge like muslim population how like when i came here I like, I, I saw some guy like Walmart or something. He had a name tag. It was like an Arab name tag. I was like, oh, Sam, like, are you Muslim? He's like, yeah. And I was like, yo, Salam alaikum." He's like, oh, I salamu alaykum. Anyway, your total is, you know what I mean? They're just like, because they're everywhere, you know? So
0: Oh, because you grew up where you probably were in the religious minority, but now you're just saying that you're actually finding people more often.
2: Yeah, yeah. I remember I used to like keep it a secret almost that I was Muslim. Like in elementary school. I tell like my really close friends like I got a secret like I'm actually Muslim, mm. but like they'll be like, <laughs> like what? also
0: though because when you're born, you're born around the time that there's a an increase in anti-Muslim, yes. anti-Arab sentiment, Dude. and so you're you're a product of that generation in a yeah. way that's different from some of my age because yeah. I watched it happen. Right. Um. So I can understand why you would have.
2: Yeah. No. Because I, I remember when I was younger, I thought like. Because, you know, when, when you go to the mosque and stuff, they're, whatever I'm being taught at home and stuff, it's, like, always, like, here are these peaceful things. Here's our values and all this stuff. Hmm. But then it's, like, I'll go to school. and We're talking about, like, 9-11. And I'm, like, that's, you know, literally impossible. Like, how is that even, like, we, like, we would not do that. Yeah. So then when I was younger, I thought, like, what if, like, when I turned 18, they're going to be, like, all right we actually got a secret
0: oh
1: you know what really? I mean, like,
2: what's really going behind the scenes, and we just got this front so like I was like paranoid <laughs>
0: really oh my yeah, gosh right, I didn't yeah. even think about that as a possibility but yeah, no it makes like, sense it's all peace
2: you know it's all like all love and all brotherhood and I'm like dude this is this is not matching up with what there. people are saying at school so it's like what like what's like how is that possible how is it, what's really
0: going on right because because like Christian fundamentalism is not treated like that here in the United States like right. literally most of our major domestic terrorism situations have been white guys that read like the Turner doctrines and all that other kind yeah. of shit and nobody ever checking all Christians on right. the basis of the actions of this right. one guy yeah. right whereas literally anybody who is of even remotely arabic looking so yeah. not necessarily Arabic because racism, yeah. for whatever exactly. reason, they don't understand who they're racist against. <laughs> um, and so like the amount of people that are like South Asian and getting attacked because they think they're Arab because they can't distinguish between the difference between Islam and
2: ethnicity. Right. Like, yeah, yeah. Or if you like, like Sikhs would they wrap their heads.
0: Like, right, yeah. Like Sikhs were getting beat up. Um, Hindus yeah. were getting beat up. Anybody yeah. that was not necessarily Muslim. But right. was brown in a way that was distinguished as non white I guess American, yeah, they would hold every Muslim, every Arabic person, every South Asian person, every Persian person up to the standard of exactly answer for your religion, your religion did this to us yeah. when when we have far more Christian domestic terrorism, I think here,
1: um exactly. But
0: you know, whatever. I mean, even here in Texas, there's several cases of like non non Arab but Pakistani people that were attacked. Wow, dang. they weren't there. They were just they were just living <laughs> their lives, you know. Right. Um. So that that is true. So I understand. I understand why that would happen. But that actually is really crazy because that's a different form of religious trauma. That's not like. Yeah. That's just a fear <laughs> of what could happen.
2: What could happen? Yeah. 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 Um. And it's not. And it's not even. Uh, I thought it was just me. But then uh, there's this show called Rami, mm-hmm. um, and like in one of the episodes, he has like this fever dream where like Osama bin Laden is like, uh, basically, or or no, he, I think like his parents like were, like oh, like this is this is our plan. This is what we're gonna do. You know what I mean? So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I like I'm not alone in this.
0: <laughs> I have not seen this, but I heard it referenced on a podcast called King of the World. Check it out. And they it, the it's called King of the World because the the guy's name translates into King of the World um, and he was talking about like his experience as as basically being held accountable for 9-11 on on 9-12 like he went to school he's a high school kid he went to school and three white guys walk right up to him and say what did your people do Damn. And so, like, the way he was treated over the course of the next 20, you know, years post 9-11 um, always tied back to 9-11 in some way, yeah. shape, or form, even though, you know, he was just a high school kid in Massachusetts that, yeah, yeah happened to be Muslim, but, you know, that kind of stuff. So, it, it was really good. It's a seven-episode podcast. Highly recommend it. Um, what it called? Again? King of the World. Gotcha. It's, it's really, it's really, really good. Um, but... I think it's the lack of information, the lack of understanding about stuff like that, that makes that continued like division between people. Cause I'm, well, I'm an atheist. So I'm, I'm generally, I'm not anti-belief necessarily. I'm anti-organized religion. right? And um, I am no more or less uncomfortable around Christians Mm -hmm. or Muslims. Like, the difference is not, for me, it's not like one religion is more peaceful than the other right, or anything right, like that. Right. For me, it's literally like, I, I, I personally do not support organized religion. So like yeah. someone saying, well, I'm Christian, not Muslim. I'd be like, that means nothing to me. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's like, if you're trying to convince me that your religion is, um,
2: is peaceful, is more, pe- yeah, like, like
0: that, like, I would never side over a Muslim person with a Christian <laughs> just on the basis of like, that's the main religion here in the United States.
3: Right. Like, well, that's I, good. I feel like that's, I that's, feel not
0: a, that's not a thing for me. So it's always surprising when people are, are surprised that <laughs> Christians yeah. can be viewed in the way that Christians allow Muslims to be. And right. that's very specific language I'm using. Yeah. Christians allowing Love Muslims them. to be.
3: Right. Viewed.
0: Because I imagine most people are just regular ass citizens who that's access funny. a belief system right and they're just living their life but yeah you end up carrying the weight of some shit that it just happens to be from fundamentalists from a totally different sect of what yeah your thing in the same way timothy mcveigh and uh you know <laughs> let's yeah. not forget let's not right. forget them but yeah so that's interesting i I Well, so you've just opened up something that like has nothing to do with this show specifically, but I'll be thinking about for weeks now. <laughs> of like all like all these little poor Muslim kids that like grew up thinking that they were getting tricked into like you're 18, you're a man. You know what it makes me think of? There's this book series that I was really into called The Passage. The first book is called The Passage and it's a vampire book series, but like science vampires. So they're not like, you know,
3: Interesting.
0: they're I'm basically like the, the the U.S. military... Investigated some kind of uh, thing in in the jungle, and they ended up actually bringing back vampires that they were going to weaponize into like their army was now going to be these vampires, right? Um, is a book
2: book series.
0: It's a book series. It's a three part book series. But the first book really was was uh, what happened. So when the vir they called them virals. They didn't call them vampires. They're basically vampires. They call them virals. When the virals broke out of the military installation and ended up like annihilating the population mm-hmm. these different safe places popped up where these communities popped up uh, where they protected children basically so they get like a hundred kids and now they're living in this community that's got lights everywhere so that the virals don't come attack them or whatever but what they did with the kids is they allowed them to live in blissful ignorance of the virals in a sanctuary like wow. school set up until they were 11 and then, then when they were 11, their teacher would pull them into a room and be like, you know how we told you when you turn 12, you get to go live with your family and everything's going to be happy and, and go lucky. Stuck your mind. Actually, there's these there's these beasts out there that used to be human that will kill you and your whole family. And some of you will turn into them and some of you will just die. Um, now go ahead and go out there and be with your family. And so they would be ter- they would be like they would be ripped out of this like blissful utopia
3: wow that
0: they experienced for their first 11 years and then from 12 on they were basically training to either fight the virals protect against the virals or do like food service or whatever like to keep the community going but there'd be these pocket communities of like less than a couple hundred people at a time mm. that's what that makes me think of it's just like you're just yeah. out there just being like Allah and then <laughs> 18 comes around and we like guess what
2: Guess what? I bet that story was written by a Muslim dude.
0: (laughs) Poor thing. I'm so sorry that you felt that fear.
2: (laughs)
3: America sucks,
0: man. Um,
2: Because
0: I don't think that would have happened to you if you just got to like be without it being a whole thing.
2: Yeah. But it was also just like a small, a small part of my life. Because then at some point I was like, nah, that's not really going to happen.
0: Or like just because they tell me that that's what is I don't have. Yeah, to yeah, it's like
2: then you that you start to learn more about the nuanced like things of like political, you know, mm-hmm. all these like ideologies and how everyone condemns <laughs> terrorism, right. Right. Uh, pretty much. But
0: well, so. let's talk about let's talk about a little bit of like your art. So I know you're a film student right now. You also yeah. do photography. Plus, yeah. again, don't forget to mention that you have been featured in <laughs> magazine. Um, yeah. <laughs> Shut yourself out. Put it on your your social media. What's wrong with you? I'll put, um,
2: put it on my story if that counts for anything.
0: I mean, put it where it's people can go back to it. Stories disappear. <laughs> What's wrong with you?
2: Uh, maybe. I don't you know. You have
0: to shout yourself out. We're yeah, always told I, not to. I but should. I should. Do it. Because that's, that's dope. You have this amazing picture in a magazine. Thank Just you. Just shut yourself out. Um. Uh so let, let's talk about how you approach your, your art. Is there anything about like who you are culturally or or anything that informs the way you produce the work that you do?
2: Well, photography right now is just a uh a baby step for me to become a better filmmaker. Mm-hmm. But definitely one thing that comes to mind is whenever I uh write my scripts, I always want to when I I have a goal for when I when I when I want to make movies. I want to have uh, my main characters to be um, either black or Arab and have not mm-hmm. really, I guess, normal names. Like you know what I mean, or names that I am familiar. More with.
0: culturally right. accurate names right. versus exactly. white exactly. supremacy. Yeah, dictator.
2: exactly. So I definitely want to. I want to create a, sp- a space to where someone is is Muslim or someone is black, not, and, and it has nothing to do with the story. If that makes Right. Sense. Like, it's just say, a
0: day in the life. Right.
2: Exactly. Like, politics, but like everyone's black, you know what right. I mean? It has nothing to do with, you know, it's just like a story. And that's right. really what I want to gear towards because it's like, oh man, like I know a kid named Abdurrahman too. Like, that's cool. Like, I know a kid named mm-hmm. Hussein. Like, oh yeah. Like for that movie, like, you know what I mean? Like, right. I that's something I really want to, uh, really want to contribute uh but when it comes to photography somebody told me that uh they were like yeah I can tell that someone wh- whoever's behind this lens is a is is a black artist mm. and I am like that's so interesting like that's I, validating I, I, too I to wonder how, yeah I was like I was like cool like, <laughs> <that was laughs> so, like I, I wonder how like I, I don't know I I can't pinpoint it um but it, it's 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 dope to hear it's dope yeah. to hear um but I I I tend to um, I tend to just really just be myself and try to try to make everyone comfortable. But as when it comes to movies, that's a big big goal of mine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like if someone's praying in a movie, you know what I mean? It's and it's not like it's not weird. Like I yeah. I really want to see that happen. Yeah,
0: that's always been something. Like I you know I went to film school too, and that that I I basically wanted to be like the mixed femme Francis Ford Coppola. Yeah, you know, because yeah. he's known for creating basically cultural, relevant right. to his cultural um, yeah. movies, and and he was the filmmaker that inspired me to go to film school and stuff like that. So I wanted that to be the thing, too, where it didn't necessarily have to be a mixed movie, a Black movie, a Black right. Japanese movie. It's just right. that the primary characters were... Um, going to be a mix of races because my my existence was a mix of races and cultures exactly. and stuff like that, right? Like That's what I know. That's my normal. So why does it make sense? And I, I still regret this to this day. One of my major uh, films that I made uh, centered around a white dude. And it, in hindsight, it kills me. Almost immediately <laughs> it killed me. But it was that I didn't think i could fundraise i didn't think that i could get um it accepted in places if it was not about a white guy
3: no way yeah and actually it
0: kind of killed my love of making movies altogether to be honest so i kind of pivoted after that um that being said i found my way back into doing that kind of work where you know in my case it is obviously uh race and culture Centered, but it's specifically to expose the fact that there's like not an archive of mixed narratives that we don't understand the nuance of someone's existence, like yours. A person yeah. who might appear to be, quote unquote, just black, but actually you have different cultures going on. You have different ethnicities going on, and um, and the way your religion plays into yeah, those I cultures agree. as well is right. dif- Is different than you know, Chad in any romantic comedy or any dramatic movie, right? And so I think that 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 kind of work is important. I would love to get to the place that we could make mediocre shit that just so happens to have brown people all the way through it all the time without it being like, oh, see how this is why we don't let brown people make movies because it's mediocre. Because white people make mediocre stuff all the time. All the time. So, like, I'm with you on that. Where it's just like, can I just have this slice of life or can I just have this romantic comedy or can i just right. have this buddy movie and it right. literally just be two brown people right. and their brownness is not central to the story but it is by our very existence because
2: exactly that's who we exactly. are 100 percent. that's exactly how i feel yeah. yeah
0: that's dope well i'm i'm proud of you that you have you're working towards that too i i like that you're using photography as a way too to like tighten up yeah your, your film
1: making it's
2: interesting to even think um as I'm like researching more about uh, film directors, a lot of directors start off as photographers mm-hmm. and then move their way up, and it makes sense because
1: more accessible.
2: <laughs> yeah, that's that's also is a big reason why because it's it's e- it's easier and cheaper to make a good photo mm-hmm. than it is to make a good movie.
0: It is simultaneously more difficult to tell a good story with a single photo. Than it is sure. in a film, so you're training a very difficult skill in photography. Yes, that will eventually help you be more concise in your filmmaking.
2: For sure, I didn't even think about it like that. Actually,
0: that's huh. that's why you got auntie. <laughs> Here you. I'm over made, I'm
2: made. <laughs> that's what's up, man. No, but I don't know how. I wonder. I, I, it, like I think about that every time I, I shoot. Now he says I can tell. That there's a black person behind this line, so I'm just like, what?
0: Like that's awesome. That's like a uh, little mantra that you can always. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I love that. I'm glad someone said that to you. Yeah, it's
2: super dope. I, I don't. Yeah, I got to think about it, man.
0: (laughs) Um. Well, one day is going to explode your brain. Is someone's going to be like, "Oh my gosh, that's clearly a Moroccan black guy."
2: (laughs) 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 That's crazy. But At oh no, that's the Moroccan Jamaican uh, artist right there. I can just right tell. Right there, 100%. Based um, off that photo. Yeah. I mean, those, that'd be the, wild. The... I'd be like, you're stalking me.
0: There, there was a moment for me that I, I replay all the time in terms of my first like major, like my, almost my whole identity was validated in one gesture is I went to this um, hafu event, Haf, hafus are what Japanese call mixed people. Um, <laughs> half, and, uh, yeah. ha,
3: it's,
0: it's English. It's half, yeah, but yeah, yeah. In Japanese pronunciation, hafu. It's so um, I went to this event and there was this black Japanese professor across the table at this lunch and, and um, so a person introduced me to, to him and she's like, she's black and Japanese too. And he gave me the Wakanda salute,
1: followed by a bow.
0: <laughs> combo, combo move, like just like boom, boom. Like just, That's
3: it was the own. most
0: validating moment of my entire life. So
3: cool.
0: <laughs> like if he just figured out a way to work in like a bisexual flag, we would have been done.
3: Um, yeah, exactly. But yeah, like, so this it.
0: gesture, Forever is my like that is that's my that's the way that I do it because that is that is I might have to
2: steal that dude that's actually dope right super dope feels good
0: so that's and I don't like to hug people that I'm not familiar with so yes this is what people are going to get if they don't know me.
1: Right. Uh, it's pretty dope.
0: But we're coming a little bit close to the end. So before I ask the question that I ask all of my guests, okay. I sometimes ask my guests this. You've already said no, but I want you to think about it really, really hard. Okay. Is there not a single food combination that you have eaten or would be curious about eating that would combine both of your major cultural influences and i said to no one, to this you said no and at the beginning i was like do you have a food or a thing that makes you feel like it combines everything and you're like no but maybe you didn't hear me say food
2: oh yeah i did not because now i'm starting to think about all these food <laughs> i would love like so Moroccans we make uh food called couscous they mm-hmm. don't have chicken and veggies. And to do it like it's like a grain pasta thing. It's like a tiny little. I know Remember, I'm also married to half a Well, person. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> but I, I would. Oh my god! I would die for, uh, jerk chicken couscous. Mm. Like I was just thinking about. I was like, Ooh, what would I really? Why
0: haven't to? you tried it? Like let's I just thought it. about it just now. Yeah.
2: So now I'm gonna. I gotta. I gotta. Well, cause I, I don't even know how to, couscous is kind of. It's not hard to make. You just need certain tools. Yeah. So I'm gonna be. I'm gonna go back home. And try to learn how to make jerk chicken so that we've a mom can nice. make jerk chicken. that be, that'd be dope.
3: The
0: day you do that, I need you to Facetime me or call or something <laughs> I'll like. I, I need a plate. I want to have this experience with. Yeah, I'll read you down, a
2: whole plate jerk chicken. Write that down. Jerk chicken couscous. Forget. I'm not gonna
0: let you forget. I'm gonna bring it up. <laughs> I'm like, have you figured it out yet? Have you figured it out
2: yet? Where's the jerk chicken couscous?
0: You know what I'm saying. We do also have a kitchen in the shop, so desperate times
2: kitchen
0: that's a a stove that's a that's a stove top right there
2: oh (laughs) yeah dude i'm so like
0: maybe we just go in on a monday or a tuesday when no one's there and we sit there and try to figure this meal out together all right so let me now ask you the question that i ask all my guests since we are coming to the end um because this accidentally just turned into a staff meeting so (laughs) um (laughs) see this one's so different like the flow is so different when i actually know the person in in real life It's um Okay, so what I like to ask everybody because sometimes people come through their mixedness through trauma, some people come through it with a lot of invalidation um and not all the time, but I like to end on the question of what do you love most about your mixed identity?
2: Ooh, how huh. about being
1: mixed you know? you know
2: what i don't know if I don't know if this is like a like a love thing, but like some the first thing that came to mind is I actually enjoy the fact that I can um, seamlessly uh, blend between the two Mm -hmm. because if I tell a person I am like Arab, they're just going to, they're just going to think that I am like both my parents are Arab, but it's just that like we're from like a Southern Southern region or whatever country that we're, where
0: there there are black Arabs.
2: I think that's, that's why I never really feel like out of, you know, a certain group. I see. And so, um, but at the same time, since I am looked as Black first, it's a lot of fun to take people off for like, a, like a sweet, like, you know, like, they're just like, whoa, what? When I, you speak some Arabic, and they're just like, how is that even possible that you're doing that right now?
0: Have you ever pretended to not speak English and only speak Arabic to someone because they approached you problematically?
2: I could not only speak Arabic. No, I could not pull it off. Well, imagine oh, if they're anything. coming
0: at you in ignorance and they don't actually speak Arabic. You could literally just speak oh. all the Arabic you know.
2: You mean like with like a, like a white person or like just an ignorant person in general? Like if anybody
0: tries to devalue you in any way and you're just like, I don't speak English, but you're saying it in Arabi.
2: Nah, I haven't. I don't think I have that level of confidence yet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could do that. I'd be, I'd be nervous i'd be stuttering
0: <laughs> well they might not know though
2: yeah i know but you i you certainly... understand
0: how ignorant english speakers can be yeah, when they I hear know, other I'm languages like,
2: and then they probably even make fun of me more like can't even you don't even know what you're saying right now i
0: mean in japanese like the you know filler words like um and stuff like that yeah. like in japanese it's like ano ano ne uh, you know, like, you, you throw a couple of anones in the middle of something, and then you just, like, piece together some sentences that you yeah. might know. If I looked more Japanese, I would do that shit all the time. <laughs> I'd be like, Ooh. And what I basically just said was, but I'm not very good yet, with a couple of anones in the middle, which is just filler, kind of. I mean, it. It means, like, we get it. Um, mm. And then on the back end of that, I said that I was Japanese. I was That's partially Japanese. So, like, it's nonsense to a person who understood what I said, but it's not. non. It no. it just sounds like I spoke Japanese, right? No, so, like, you Japanese could literally pull off whatever Arabic you know.
2: It's true. Next time somebody comes at me sideways, I'll just pull up. Well, I don't even know what our fillers. I think we say, like, well, Egyptians, they'll say Yadi, which is like. So it's mm. like, like you know how, like just now like yeah. trip, like that so yeah. uh i don't know what you we haven't do. figured out
0: your moroccan fillers i don't yet?
2: know i don't know um, i don't know what moroccan fillers but, but no it. that's what i like though that i can that i'm like like a secret spy but it does feel like that sometimes yeah <laughs> <It definitely does. laughs> but i'm accepted and loved that's by good. everyone when how i'm able well sometimes I told you about that one time when I was in uh, middle school, where that like, kid I was listening to rap music. He's like, "You can't listen to rap."
0: Music. <laughs> yeah, because you're out You're
2: you're you're Moroccan. You're you're not you're not black. You're not black enough. I was like, "What the heck?" Bro? What?
0: <laughs> I mean, you're out here, a full dark skinned dude, just being like, "What? I'm not black enough?"
2: I'm black enough? My fro is it? I, right? Well,
0: like, come on.
2: But even so, it's like anyone can listen to rap music, dude. Come on.
0: Yeah, it that's funny. funny. Well, yeah. people will be ignorant in any way, shape, or form that they can Facts. that they can try it. But Facts. thank you for coming on my show with me. Thank I appreciate you. you. do not you tell everybody how to find you, and then also promise me that you'll post your thing on your your Instagram so that I
2: will, can. I will, I will. I think I should actually. It's it. <laughs> now I'm thinking about it. You're right, but um, I feel like the easiest way to find me is dry hug on Instagram.
0: Dry you know, hug.
2: Dry hug. It's just the a, dr- a hug it's it's there's no level of dampness to it it's a dry hug no 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 strings i are, just hit my microphone dry. <laughs> dry hug on instagram dry hug my main it's my bruised world there's no deep meanings to either either of those names they just sounded cool to me but yeah on instagram go crazy
0: that's funny you're such a dark kid. Yeah. What can I say? What can I say? <laughs> I love it. Militantly Mixed is a main hustle media podcast, produced and hosted by me, Charmaine Fury. Music is by David Bogan, the one. You can follow us on social media on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Militantly Mixed. If you'd like to become a sponsor of Militantly Mixed, please go to Patreon.com/slash/MilitantlyMixed for monthly sponsorship or paypal.me slash militantlymixed for a one-time-only donation. And if you like what you hear on Militantly Mixed, please subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And don't forget to be your mixed-ass self. Main Hustle Media. Turn your side hustle into your main hustle.